G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome to today's 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Remember, you can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Time. Time to continue Lee Hatch's series on Aussie ambassadors. Today, the ambassador Lee chats to is first and foremost an advocate for Australian country music. Nine albums, two reaching gold status, 2005 album of the year, six golden guitars, and most recently the writer and star of her own stage show about Doris Day. Melinda Schneider is one of Australia's top country music artists, and she has a heart that matches. On the back of her own tragic experience of losing a baby 14 years ago, she now supports a number of charities, including the Stillbirth Foundation of Australia. Linda, welcome. Uh, thanks, Lee. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. It seems to me you were kind of destined for a career in music. Your mum is the legendary yodeler Mary Schneider. Yes, yes, I couldn't escape it really, <laughs> being born into a showbiz family. Um, I did want to be a vet when I was at school okay. and I had a part-time job at a, a vet clinic, but no, it wasn't to be. I had to go into music. And as the child of a yodeler, destined for country music? Oh, I suppose so. You know, I was exposed to country music even though I grew up in Sydney um, because of mum. So I suppose uh, from a very early age, I loved bluegrass music and all of that kind of thing. You recently gave birth to Sullivan. So, first, congratulations. Oh, thanks. I wouldn't mind betting he's also destined for a musical career with both yourself and his dad, Mark Gable. You're both singers. Oh, I know, the poor little bugger. I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) I hope not for his sake. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. He certainly loves singing. I sing him to sleep every night, and he loves it. I bet he does. Why do you hope not? It's a hard industry. It's a real struggle of an industry. You're forever trying to reinvent yourself with each project and each album, and... It is a struggle. It's a tough one to be successful in, and you've got to be extremely self-motivated, you know, to be successful, I think, and a bit of a workaholic. How would you say you've done it then? To what would you attribute both your longevity and your success? My stubbornness, (laughs) I think, Uh, and my work ethic. I work very hard, I suppose. You have to. And I'm pretty determined to make things happen. You have to have that quality in this business, you know, even a couple of years ago embarking on writing my own theatre show and something I hadn't ever done before but I was determined to make it happen and I did and it was a great success. What was that experience like for you? Oh, it was wonderful, yeah. wonderful. I was telling the story of Doris. I can certainly relate to a few of her experiences, that's for sure. I know you're up for a conversation about the loss of your baby, the tragic loss, which has fired your commitment to your charities. Can you tell us about the struggles that you experienced, you went through during that time? Yeah, look, it was a really devastating time. I was 26 and uh, actually lost the baby at 19 weeks, and it was a week after I got married, would you believe? Mm. So it was a, a terrible start to 
a marriage. But losing the baby that late was really devastating for me at 26. You know, I'd, I'd never really had a terrible tragedy like that happen to me. So yeah, I think when things do happen like that, you kind of say, why me? And then you end up saying, well, why not me? It's got to happen to somebody. And it happens to a lot of people. Yes. You know, it's not until it does happen to you that you um, start talking to other women and losing babies isn't something that people go around talking about openly. And I think they should because so many people have been through it. Yeah. What would you say to the rest of us as an ambassador for the Stillbirth Foundation about stuff that we need to know about it that we might not? I met a lot of women through the loss of my baby and, and that's what introduced me to the Stillbirth Foundation. I guess on a grief level, I think... The most important thing for a grieving mother is that they're allowed to talk about it. I think that's probably the most important thing for the mother and to not feel any shame about it. It's just something that that happens and we have no control over it. It's not our fault, but we need to talk about it and verbalise it as much as possible. And, and I think maybe if people can try and be a little more comfortable with hearing that, you know, because it's pretty confronting stuff, I think it helps. It helps to have good friends who just listen and, and are there for you. That helps you get through it. In the midst of a huge event, having known women and men who've gone through this, one of the big things to understand is that though the child has not been born, it's still very much your child. Of course, of course. You know, the the physicality of carrying a baby for any amount of time just bonds you with that baby. During this pregnancy with Sullivan, uh, and I'm now 41, I wasn't ready until now really to have a baby, and and now I'm in a a wonderful relationship, so the the timing was right. But I was very nervous through this whole pregnancy, really, of course, until I held him in my arms and knew that he was okay. You say he's a miracle and a blessing. Oh, he is. He's unbelievable. He's so beautiful. Can I ask you about your particular business? Because I think it brings its own challenges. How do you manage to put almost a front on and perform in the midst of and following such pain and loss? Oh, look, I think I, back then, certainly was very good at putting on a happy face. It was part of my upbringing as a kid was to to smile and be happy and and be a happy little uh, Vegemite. And I think that helped me probably then to just, write about these sad experiences and get on stage and keep going nowadays i don't feel the pressure so much to be happy all the time i don't think that's necessarily healthy i try and make sure i'm feeling all of the emotions that i need to feel and not just pretending everything's okay you know how has being a mum changed you and changed your career or influenced it it's changed me a lot I'm I'm just kind of grappling with that now. It's it's been very interesting. Certainly not as obsessed, well, not obsessed at all about my career anymore. Um, (laughs) What liberation? Well, it is actually. It's it's a bit of a relief. Yes. It's a relief. I'm sort of going, oh, wow, I don't have to conquer the next kind of mountain and I don't have to do a more successful project than the one before and it changes your priorities of course the most important thing is Sullivan and I just want to be a good mum that's that's my main priority in life I wonder whether that actually makes you as a performer and certainly a songwriter because of the vast landscape that's now opened up for you a better performer certainly a better songwriter because I have written songs and country music allows you to do this, 
from a place of struggle and a place of grief and sadness. Yes. Now that I'm happy in my life, I'm in a great relationship. I've got a beautiful house and I'm very happy with my baby and my two doggies and all of the, the, the most important things in life. I don't have these horrible struggles and things that I had for years and years and years before to draw from. So I've got to find a whole other place to write from, which I haven't quite found yet. So it's going to be interesting. Maybe you can bring some uplift to country music then. Maybe. <laughs> from all the struggles. <laughs> there won't be any wrist slashing going on. As one of Australia's most accomplished and, and well-known country singers, you could have settled as being an ambassador for country music. So why do you support these charities then? I love giving back. I choose to try and help where I can, you know, whether it's just me going to perform at an event. Um, and I do write lots of songs that are uplifting, like my song Courageous and Wish You Were Here. I do write in sad songs that deal with loss. So I think people can relate to those songs who also belong to these charities. And I think that is a pretty natural marriage for me. I'm sure they are rapt to have your support. So to take us out, give us a song that you'd like us to air across Australia and beyond of yours, Amanda. Oh, look, I think the most inspirational, or one of the most inspirational songs I've written is a song called Courageous. And I wrote it when I was going through a pretty hard time in my personal life through my divorce and everything. And, you know, you do have to find courage to get through times like that. But this song has really opened up amazing opportunities. I recorded it also with Olivia Newton-John and the Australian Girls Choir. And it's brought a lot of good luck to me. So I think that's the one. Melinda Schneider, thank you so much indeed for joining us. And this is Courageous.
Thank you so much for having us here today. Hope you the all wonderful have a music of Melinda festival. Schneider on Open House. See you what soon. wonderful, wonderful guests we have on this program. Across Australia, this is Open House. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.